I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm alive. How are you doing? Fuck. I'm alive too. It's been a fucking hell week. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's my last midterms. <laughs> so I I've been like dying all week. Like I have no reason to stress, but I've just been like I've. I've been dying all week. And then I've been working like a bunch too because um we're still short staffed at work and then that's just it's just been like today is like the first time like I like this week that I like I woke up and I'm like I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's just everything's been busy. I have one more midterm on Thursday, so I've been smoothest shale- sailing from there on out. Okay, well, if that's good, at least you're almost through it. I I still can't believe it. Like October's like, not like halfway over. Halfway over. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what about you? How was your week? Um. I didn't. Let's see. I didn't really do much at all. Oh. Um. My aunt and my cousin were in town, so I met up with them Wednesday night, and we went and saw a show, and then got dinner, and that was nice, because I hadn't seen Ooh. them in a while. What'd you guys go see? Um, Bernhard Hamlet. It's about um, the French actress uh, Sarah Bernhard. You know, largely regarded as like the greatest actor actress of all time, and like the, I think it was like would have been like the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties. And she decided to play Hamlet, which, I mean, at the time was like a huge deal for a woman to play the part. And it's sort of her figuring out how to do it Hmm. because it's this part that she can't like wrap her head around. And it's, it's really, it was really good. And it was pretty funny. The end is a little abrupt and strange, but the cast was all excellent. And I imagine as an actress, playing the part of the greatest actress of all time is like maybe slightly overwhelming, but she was really good. Um, Janet McTurney, I think her name is, but she was excellent. Hmm. That's cool. I've never heard of that play before. But oh, it's new. It's new. Oh, it's yeah. A, yeah. I saw that you're in Times Square and I oh. laughed because Emily in Times Square. <laughs> it's Anytime I have to go there, which is not often, but, you know, if I'm seeing a show or, like, 
going to, you know, sometimes going to see comedy up there and it's just, I hate it so much. Yeah. Even when I went to New York a couple of years back, like when I was in Times Square, I was just like, wow, that's a lot of things. Yeah. And a lot of people and it's not cool things because I mean, yeah, it's cool to see like some of the theaters and stuff, but all of the stores are, you know, just really big versions of chain stores. Mm hmm. So it's like, oh, here's a really big Disney store and oh, here's a really big Gap or oh, here's a really, really big Walgreens. It's oh, I hate it. It's not even the biggest Disney store. The biggest one is in Florida. But anyways, yeah, uh, you know, that's why I just shop online to avoid people. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's why I'm sort of always baffled by that now because like, I work right across from Macy's. Oh, and sick. people will people will come to Macy's like straight from the airport with like suitcases. And I can I can understand wanting to see Macy's because it's like, you know, like Miracle on 34th Street and sort of the iconic stuff. Why anyone would shop there and like specifically go to shop Macy's has a website. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they just want like they think of the full New York experience is going to Macy's. Maybe, but uh, <laughs> oh, fucking Macy's is awful. It's you know it's like nine stories of shopping, and trying to find anything is insane. And then trying to find somebody to help you to like check out is crazy annoying to do. Nine stories. Okay, so I'm trying to think of like what. Okay, so there's probably like a whole story for men, women, kids, furniture. Well, let's see. Like the the bottom floor is where it's you know it's like designer handbags, like all the like a lot of the big designer handbag people have like their own little areas, and there's a bunch of different like makeup kiosks, and that's mm. where. Like all the perfume counters and that shit is. Yum. And yeah, then it's like there's, you know, there's a couple of floors of women, probably a couple of floors. And then there's like homewares and there's the wedding stuff. And it's all awful and I hate it. <laughs> well, I know I'm not getting you a Macy's gift card for for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just use it online, which seems a little silly when you work across from the street from it. But <laughs> no, I would put specifically on the card that it doesn't must work unless you must use in store. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Mm. Like I've run in there a couple of times when I've had to get like, oh shit, I have a wedding I'm going to this weekend. I need to get something. <laughs> What's like the go-to like wedding present? Like I know obviously like whatever's on the register or whatever, but like, but do you do like plates? Like what what do you do? I mean, it sort of depends. If it's somebody I if it's somebody I know well, I'll go off registry. If there's something like cool and interesting that I think they would like, and. Like one time, like when some friends from college were getting married, I found this this sculptor who did these really cool sort of like dark fantasy inspired like candlesticks, mm -hmm. which, of course, weren't on the registry. But I'm like, these are fucking awesome. I know they'll like them and I'll get them. Hmm. 
And like, I think, you know, I think when my brother got married, I got them a set of really nice cocktail glasses. Ooh. All right. So you're marrying Mendo. Your wedding's okay. in like a couple months. I and don't need you- any presents. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have a registry. What's okay. on your registry? See, I don't know because I already, I have a set of china. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have it here in New York. It's in my parents' basement, but it's my grandmother's china. I'm not going to ever replace. I mean, first of all, I don't need any sets of china, but I'd never replace that one. Like, I wouldn't get a different one, even though it's slightly old-fashioned looking, just because it's my grandmother's. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Um, I have tons of, like, small appliances, so I don't need any of that. Here's the thing is like, I understand, like if you're getting married, like right out of school or mm-hmm. even like right out of college and you never lived on your own before, there's probably tons of stuff that you need. Or if mm-hmm. you were on, like maybe if you were living like bachelor style and had like four mismatched plates or something <laughs> and, and a microwave. But I feel like most people our age, right, our age now don't live like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I don't know what I would put on there. I don't really need anything. What Do about you? you? Uh, fuck. Um. Well, I still live at home, so I need everything. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I can't even think. Like that's crazy. Like I have a bunch. I know a bunch of people like my age that are like getting married now. Like I scroll through their like Instagram stories and like, oh, I said yes to the dress. Oh, I picked my wedding venue, and I'm just like. I got another porg. <laughs> oh, is the Lego porg built yet? No, it's still halfway done. I'll finish it um, the weekend before Halloween. So I'll post pics. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Ask me that again in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like like my mom because i talk to my mom every weekend and she was just like because my birthday is coming up next month she's like what do you want for your birthday and i'm like first of all i'm turning 35 you really don't need to give me anything but i'm like i don't i don't really need anything mm. you know i mean I'm, I'm like i was sitting there i'm like well i could use i could use some new socks she didn't she didn't think that was a great suggestion <laughs> some socks Maybe like, do you need like blankets? Like, do you have like one of those like? Don't, don't they have like this like anxiety like blanket kind of thing? I have one of those. How does that work? Well, look, it's not a fucking like miracle blanket, <laughs> but it, it's heavy and weighty. You know how? Okay, you know how they make thunder shirts for dogs who get anxious during storms that like yeah, it like exerts pressure. Mm-hmm. which help which totally helps with that yeah that's sort of it's it's just weighted mm. this one is like a 25 pound one there's some calculation of like it should be a certain percentage of your body weight to be most effective but uh-huh. interesting hmm what to get emily for her birthday well she might we need more porgs uh are you collecting <laughs> any funko pops I've tried to, I haven't bought any in a while. I think I'm sort of done. I've reached the natural limit of how many I can display. So it's going to have to be, it'd have to be something really special for me to be like, oh, I need a new Funko Pop. Hmm. 
Do you have David Bowie Funko Pop? I have one of the um, Labyrinth ones, yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Probably Labyrinth one. Is, is the bulge in the Funko Pop? No, the bulge is not. There's no bulge in the Funko Pop. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was reviewing my watch of uh, Labyrinth, and I was looking through like pictures of like David Bowie, and like I stro- scrolled past the tight pants, and I'm like, oh, I'll never forget. They're really tight. They look uncomfortable, to be honest. He was rocking them, though. Oh, that, yeah. He looks amazing. And that hair, too. Like, my oh, it's God. So good. My God. Oh, well, um, unfortunately, uh, we have news. It's not good news, but it's news. Um, and I don't know anyone better who can talk about this other than my good friend, Emily Lind. So, uh, Take it away, Emily. So, uh, Chuck Wendig, uh, New York Times bestselling author, who wrote the, oops, sorry, who wrote the Aftermath trilogy, um, was working on a book for the Star Wars line under Marvel. It was a five-issue series called Shadow of Vader. And then a couple of nights ago... He tweeted that he had been fired. Uh, there were two two issues left to write, and the editor, Mark uh, Panicia, Panacea, I'm not. I, I would guess Panicia told him it was because of the negativity and vulgarity that my tweets bring. Now, here's the thing. Marvel's worked with him before. He's also worked with stars before. He's been tweeting like that since Twitter, basically. Um, so this wasn't a thing that they went into blind. This wasn't like somebody, you know, like when when Trevor Noah was hired for the Daily Show and people went and like dug through his past tweets and found some like iffy jokes and shit like that. This this wasn't anything new coming to light, and he hadn't had any like new controversial tweets. Uh, the only new thing is that a week ago, they actually announced him as the writer of this series. Um, there's been some people saying, "Oh, it's it's not the politics; it's just it's just the profanity," or him quote unquote attacking people which is bullshit but marvel has plenty of writers who are profane on twitter they also have plenty of writers who actually do attack people on twitter um who criticize them at all some fairly notable people and they're not fired the difference between them and chuck is that chuck is very open about his liberal politics Mm-hmm. And so he's tweeted about Kavanaugh. He's tweeted about people like Ben Shapiro. He's gone after people who harass him. And so it, that it just being about his profanity doesn't doesn't add up. And also, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, Marvel does goddamn Deadpool. So don't talk to me about profanity. 
it's also just really shitty the way they did it. And the way that it makes it seem like it was appeasing these alt-right dickbags. Sort of like with the James Gunn thing where they don't actually care about it at all. They just know that he's extremely leftist. And so they're going to go after him because he's, you know, he's their target. These aren't people who are going to buy Star Wars books no matter what because they're just, you know... And honestly, if you look at some of the tweets from these people who are celebrating it, they're seeing it as a win for, quote unquote, the culture wars, not anything else. So it's not it's not about Star Wars to them at all. They just don't like Chuck because Chuck doesn't hate gay people. You know, and if it was just about his profanity and not about appeasing the comics gate people, let him finish it. It's five issues and then never hire him again. Hmm. Like, that's all they would have had to do. They could have just let him finish it. They wouldn't have hired it again. And, and Chuck says this himself. Like, well, I would have I would have always wondered why they never hired me again. But I certainly wouldn't be having this, like, angry tweet storm about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I... I'm going into this as, like, totally, like, unbiased. Because I... I I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of Chuck Wendig and I'm not like, I don't hate Chuck Wendig. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like in between. So it's interesting, like reading these articles and because it's like, I've been kind of doing that, like reading, you know, seeing what he says. And from someone like, like who I don't know Chuck Wendig. So like scrolling his Twitter is like, it's interesting to me because like, I admit like he's very vulgar and not that it's like off-putting for me, but you know, if it's you know, like you, like you've known how he's tweeted for years, like this is normal. Like me going into it and seeing like Chuck Wendig like talk about these things, like he wrote like one time, like winter is coming, you callous fucknets, you proplast assholes, you monsters, racist, rapist, abuser. Like he just like it's just sometimes like the things he says, but at the same time, he's probably like an amazing person, like you've said nothing but wonderful things about him. So it's really weird because like seeing that he got fired for, you know, being vulgar and everything, it just, it, it doesn't add up for me. Like, I feel like there's, there's more to this. I know that he's like tweeting about it and everything, but there's like something inside of me telling me that there's more to it. Like maybe like the people like Marvel comics, like they didn't like him. Like maybe they had a bad rap with him. Maybe they were just looking to fire him and they used the excuse of, Oh, like it's probably like the easy excuse to fire someone if you know, they're talking shit on social media or something, you know, but he's talking about politics and other things like important things. So it's really interesting. I, I, I'm like conflicted about this because it's like I definitely feel for like everyone like who loved Wayne Nig. And then also like I think it's weird that they fired him like mid doing the comics. But I thought it was always known that he did this uh, comic. They knew he was working on something. Oh. I think I believe the the details of it were just announced. Mm. And I also think it's interesting that that um you know people who don't know who chuck wendig is like let's say like you're reading this article on like hollywood reporter or something else and a person who doesn't know chuck wendig and then seeing like the things he tweets they're gonna be like oh yeah no wonder why he was fired because he was tweeting these things see i don't know though because i don't think so i think you read it it's <sighs> look i understand firing somebody for for like like because people go you know like oh well you were celebrating when 
Roseanne was fired, I'm like, yeah, because she said racist shit. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big difference between, like, saying racist shit and swearing at people. But also, like, even, okay, let's even look at James Gunn. If, I mean, the James Gunn thing is bullshit because those tweets are old and he had previously apologized for them and hadn't tweeted anything like that since, and it was years ago. Mm -hmm. And he already denounced his own tweets. If he had tweeted those things now and you looked at those tweets... Like, joking about pedophilia and shit like that. Fucking fire. Yeah. Okay. Calling somebody a prolapsed asshole gets you fired? That wouldn't get me fired from my job unless I called my boss a prolapsed asshole. And even then, it'd be iffy if I'd get fired or not. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. I I don't know. Like, no, I'm not, like, defending, like, that he got fired or anything. Like, I... I'm more like I I think it's like bad that he got fired. Like I feel like there needs to be like an actual reason, you know, other than like just like well, profanity or it, something, you know. It didn't it didn't help that Marvel refused to comment about it. Cuz Marvel freezing comment about it makes me just go, "Oh, if they're not denying that, that means what Chuck said is true. He was fired because of his profanity and his politics." And let me tell you, it's because of his politics. That's just, uh, that's interesting. Like, I really didn't think that Marvel was that. Well, Marvel has some people near their heads who are um, um, not great, including an editor who wrote some stories under a pseudonym where he was pretending to be a Japanese man. Didn't get fired for that. And some other authors who are continuing to work who have... Um, I would say fairly strong ties to alt-right shit and comics gate shit. And the fact that this editor, editor who isn't very active on Twitter, mm-hmm. admittedly, but he follows one of the main like comics gate guys. Um, if you don't follow like com- comics gate is the, the term is because of the same people as gamers gate because it's pretty much all the same people, which is they're alt-right misogynists who are really upset that they're girls involved in things. And it's a targeted harassment campaign. And he follows one of the main dudes on that. And that on itself, look, some people hate follow people. Some people, if you aren't active on Twitter, you just follow people all the time and you have, don't even know who they are. Um, w- when you have kowtowed to alt-right extremists and trolls and also follow alt-right extremists and trolls, I don't think it's a giant leap to make that those things are connected. Hmm. Anyway, fuck Marvel. I'm not buying any Marvel books anymore. Um, I know some people aren't... I know some people don't like the idea of a boycott. Even people who I am friends with disagree with me on this. Um, That there are marginalized authors who work for Marvel and not supporting them is really shitty. And I I understand the conflict there. Um, One, there are always innocent people who get hurt in boycotts. And it sucks and it's awful. But I see these people saying don't boycott. None of those people are offering a viable alternative to boycott me. Um, Because there's things I can do to support Chuck. I can buy his books, which I already own pretty much all of them. So I tweeted out I would buy his books for the first couple people who tweeted me. And I did that. And that helps Chuck. But it it doesn't do anything... I don't want to say to hurt Marvel, but I actually do want to say to hurt Marvel because that's the way that you get companies to change. 
is to threaten their bottom line. Yeah. Not that I'm like doubting that, but like how how much do you think Marvel will suffer from this like boycott? Look, probably not a lot, but that also like my idea is I can't give them money. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want the 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 people in charge give money. Like the same way, okay, I'm sure there's good people who work for Chick Fil A. I'm not going to buy from Chick Fil A because their CEO or founder or whatever gives money to anti gay marriage uh, causes. Mm-hmm. And does now does my them not giving my seven dollars every like three months or something? I would have had that food really matter probably not but again like i'm just i'm not going to do it and boycotts have worked in the past Mm -hmm. whether this one will be big enough to probably not but for me again it's in terms of my conscience, i can't do it um there there are authors who i like who i who write for marvel who all support in other ways but there's the reasons there are reasons that boycotts happen and that's because by and large they can be really, really effective. I mean, um, you, you, if it were, you know, if it were something else, I'd be going, going after advertisers and stuff like that. Like that's been done before. And, you know, the entirety of the civil rights movement shows us that, that boycotts and protesting is an effective thing because again, hurting people's wallets is is pretty much the only thing we can do as consumers. Yeah. So what does this mean for Wendig now? Because Wendig also wrote some books for like actual Star Wars and like Del Rey. Does this mean that he's still working, like he still kind of is working for Lucasfilm and just not Marvel or like what? Because Lucasfilm was still tied to this, right? Well, it was Marvel's decision. And it was apparently this editor's decision. At least that's what was told to Chuck as he tweeted out. He also tweeted the, the chances of him writing for a Star Wars novel again are, you know, is not good. But, you know, Star Wars is under Del Rey, but Del Rey does other stuff. Mm-hmm. And Del Rey publishes his other stuff, at least quite a bit of it. Um, I don't I don't know if they do Marion Black. I know they do. They do several of his books and he's already in line to, to publish something else with them um, next year. Oh, OK. And his his editor has told him like we're fine, <laughs> like you're you're good to go with us. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Then, like you know, it's interesting because it's like I don't really know much about this like Chuck Wendig thing, and I've been like you know looking at you know what all of our friends have been saying and everything. And I don't know, like, I'm still like, I, I agree that I don't know, like, he shouldn't have been just fired because like politics and other things like, I don't know, I just I feel like there's like, it can't be that like, but I guess it is. And it that really sucks. Like, that's just me like being like in denial, because obviously, like, I don't know what's going on. Well, here's the thing that he said. And this is like, one of the reasons I like Chuck is as, as angry as he was about this. And obviously, he's like, well, I'm already fired. I might as well fucking burn every bridge I have in terms of Marvel. Like, what's good for him is, he's basically said, I'm going to be fine. I have other books. I'm a cis, straight, white dude. I'll be fine. But if I, you know, at this high strata of privilege that being a straight white dude have in society, 
can get fired. What does that mean for people of color at this company? What does this mean for queer people at this company? What does this mean for, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is, that is definitely a big concern, especially at a time when there is so much harassment of minority groups online and they do tend to target creators because you know they're they're known they're 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 a big person to go after and you know if you're a if you're a woman of color who dares to write a comic book what are you just not allowed to defend yourself on twitter when like some of the stuff that gets like tweeted at chuck is fucking vile and 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 often like out and out threats. So, and again, because it all goes back to the 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 same thing happened with James Gunn, where I'm just like, it's not people who ever arguing in good faith. It's not people who ever gave a shit about the properties. It's not people who are actually even offended by anything. Mm-hmm. They just knew that that was a, that was an effective method, and all that's Marvel. When Marvel does this, what they're doing is saying, yeah, this works. So go paint a target on somebody else. Yeah. <sighs> well, I don't know. Well, I'm glad that, you know, Chuck Wendig, like, went the way that he did. Because, you know, at first, like, me not knowing what anything that's going on and me seeing that, like, everything that he's saying about Marvel, I'm like... I don't know, like if I would bash my like former employer like on Twitter like right away, but now I, I I get it a little more now. So, so like you're you're not gonna buy any more like Marvel comics, not as long as this editor is working for them, no, or at least until I get like a solid statement from Marvel saying like what happened and why it happened and that they fucked up. So, do you think that people will go as far as like not seeing the movies? I don't know. I mean, it sort of depends if anything else happens in the meantime and what the anger levels still are. I mean, sometimes this stuff burns out pretty fast, but Marvel needs to make a statement. Yeah. I hope they will in like the next like week or two because this is just, this is odd. And it like, it blew up because writers have writer friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And like that's how this became big is is people out a lot of people outside of Star Wars, outside of comic books, authors who saw this going on, like this is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, this like obviously as you saw, this was in the Hollywood Reporter about a guy who writes comic books getting fired. Like that was a big story. Like it was trending. It's not a good look for Marvel. I know I was even when I was looking it up on on um on Google I saw an article that like had like Jason Ward from making Star Wars Nuts face on it being like this guy's boycotting Marvel and I'm like fuck this is news <laughs> like it's, inter- it's interesting <laughs> like I don't know if it's because it's like I visit like his website to like look at stuff but I thought that was interesting that like Jason like came up I'm like okay but I don't know like this is this is sad like I I hate that you know, this is still a thing, but yeah. And I'm also sad because 
I'm sad that I'm not going to get any more of Chuck's stories in Star Wars. Like, that really fucking sucks. How were, How was the comic? How is that going? I, I don't even know if the... Let me, let me see something you want. Because <laughs> I don't read any comics at all. I try to. Shadow of Vader comic. It was supposed to start... Because didn't he... Yeah, it was supposed to start this November. Oh, I thought it was already so written. he had written... No, no, no. He had written the first three. Oh, okay. But, they, yeah, because, you know, art and stuff is it takes some time. But, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, that's just weird that, you know, he's going to start it and what someone else is going to finish it. Well, it's kind of like, you know, like all the Star Wars <laughs> movies where the directors get fired midway through and someone just has to finish it. But Yeah, and that... Look, people, I mean, people get taken off books all the time. It's it's strange to get taken off in the middle of like a five book series. Yeah. And I think I think they really fucked themselves over big time in doing that in terms of again, like he said himself, like just let me finish and then never hire me again. Yeah, like I don't know like I I don't you know I don't know what this is going to do for like I don't know how successful the Star Wars comics are like I don't know how successful they will be after you know like it's gonna it's weird I don't know that's yeah but like I mean and it was look they were assholes celebrating of course because they don't like the fact that Chuck put gay people in Star Wars but um you also you know you have big websites like like jason ward at making stars net saying hey don't buy star wars comics anymore um the uh brian larson's uh tashi station said they're not he's, he's like we're not covering the star wars comics anymore wow like i don't know i don't know how much that hurts their overall bottom line but i d- do believe that the portion of your fan base that you're pissing off is much higher than the supposed fan base that you're appeasing who again don't actually give a shit about Star Wars and we're never going to buy them anyway you know it just sucks like you know because like Star Wars is like associated with this too like with Marvel comics it, it just sucks like just you know everything going on with just Star Wars and then like Disney too you know because like James Gunn like you know Marvel Disney, you know, the Disney era. So it's it just really sad that, you know, you would think that, you know, a new era of like movies, you know, you'd get like, you know, better movies, you know, better, you know, people working for them or just, you know, a more like positive experience. But just like, you know, you hear these stories and like, I wasn't sure if like stuff like this was happening, like when the prequels are being made or like when, I don't know, like other stuff going on, like maybe there were comics then. I'm not sure. I'm not educated on that. But I don't know. It's like just really sad because I feel like it's just like something like bad after another after another. But also like we get, you know, this like beautiful content. Like we have these like new movies and everything. But, you know, at what cost, you know, like the cost of, you know, someone sharing his like freedom of speech and getting fired because of it. Like it's it's crazy. It's it's really depressing. Mm -hmm. Huh. Um. All right. Um. 
Well, I think we should talk about porgs now. We'll, we'll talk about the Mandalorian stuff. It's just a picture. But um, so they, they shared information, Emily, on a, the, the Project Porg. And um, I'll read the statement from uh, StarWars.com. It is a mixed reality immersive experiment which you'll need to gain the trust and affection of porgs. Do, do, do you know how, Emily? How? You'll feed them treats, play with them, and you'll teach them how to maneuver real-world environments with the care instructions from yours truly, 3PO himself. Yeah, I think it was it was it Nathan Hamill who was putting up pictures of himself playing with this. I don't know. I don't follow him. Yeah, I think he was tweeting about it, but it looked like a fairly like intense like VR headset setup. But you seem to be enjoying it himself. Okay. Like this is great and all, but like I'm I'm a full-time student. Like I cannot just like take a porg in and like I have to give it my all. Uh-huh. So like I I can't do this right now. Like I don't know like when this is going to be available, <laughs> but I can't do this. Emily, I already have like 22, 23 porgs. 25, I forget. I don't I don't feel like counting right now. It's been a week. Give me another week and I'll count. But it just that's that's a lot. But that's exciting. I wonder what Yeah, well, the good thing is the good thing is I don't have any like um I don't have the VR system that you need for this anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm. I mean, it's for the Magic Leap one, and it'll be if you have that system. It's a free download, but um, huh. let me go. Let me go see how much that thing is because I'm I I have an inkling it's going to be even more expensive than I think it's going to be. I feel like Rusty well, has well. it for some reason. Magic Leap one cost. Oh yeah, it's like it's like two thousand three hundred dollars. Um, so that, that's a definite no for me because I do not have. Well, I I do have two thousand dollars, but that's called that's called savings money to to save on things that I need to survive one day. Like I, no offense to porgs, but like I, I do not need them to survive. I cannot cover twenty three, twenty four porgs ears while saying that and that makes me sad but yeah like i okay so i need me a rich friend um hmm hmm call up mendo okay well he has to know who we are by now like someone has to have told him by now that there's this podcast of like well especially since like we're officially an Australian podcast. <laughs> this is this made my day. There's this website um, that somebody has, which is uh, it's a good. What would you even call it? Compendium uh, of Australian podcasts. And um, somehow we ended up on it, and that got tweeted out, and Catherine brought it to, at least to my attention, and it made my night. Yeah, so we're not only are we an Australian podcast, we're a great Australian podcast. I've never been more proud to be an Australian than now. It's pretty sweet. 
Yeah, but then I think they like they tweeted out that they were sorry and like they made a mistake. I'm like, this is not a mistake. Like, you cannot take this back from me. Like, this is my greatest <laughs> accomplishment. Like, almost as great as when I get my bachelor's degree in in December. Like, this is this is a great accomplishment. Do not take this from me. <laughs> I think they deleted the post though. Yeah, I know it makes me sad because it was awesome, but it was fun while it lasted. We were all Australian for a couple minutes, and it felt great. I didn't eat any Vegemite or catch any crocodiles or alligators or whatever. But you know what? Uh, it was great. Um, well, speaking of things, wow, terrible. There's terrible uh, segue to The Mandalorian. Um, I don't know why I was trying to associate like crocodiles with like guns, but I don't know. That's awful. Um, well, John Favreau, he posted an image of this like gun thing and everyone was like freaking out, I believe, because it looks like the gun that Boba Fett had in the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, it does. Uh, this is one actually Haas called this one just based on seeing what's in stock of it back when that first image came out. Yeah. Haas on Blue Harvest and Rogue One, a podcast for winners. But yeah, it's his like Biden looks sort of like a cattle prod thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's nice that he's like tweeting stuff too. He's kind of doing like the Ryan Johnson approach. Like kind of Ron, uh, Ron Howard did that too a little bit, like posting images. But we've been seeing a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. Like I almost feel like some of those people are like camping out there because it's like how many things like were, how many pictures we're seeing like from behind the scenes. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and the other, the other, one of the other things that John Favreau posted was um, an ice cream maker. Oh, yeah. Like the info. Oh, God. Okay. So if you don't know this one in Empire, when there's the, uh, everybody's like running on Cloud City, there's a guy who runs by holding, I mean, God bless the prop department. It's just an ice cream maker. And um, because, of course, this is Star Wars. It became a point of fixation for some people. He even got a name. His name is Wilro Hood. At a Star Wars celebration, there's a running of the Wilro Hoods where a bunch of people who are like cosplaying as him get together and restage running with ice cream makers. Because God bless fandom sometimes. But yeah, there he just tweeted out a picture of an ice cream maker. It looks slightly different. Like it looks a little bit more modified. Or maybe it's just because it's, you know, now 2018 and so things don't look the same. But yeah, it's it's totally that and it's amazing. Ice cream makers have evolved. Have you ever had an ice cream maker? No, because I can just go to the store and buy ice cream. I think my aunt did once or she like borrowed it from someone we made ice cream. It wasn't, well, yeah. Have you been to like one of those places where like they like make it, like they make the ice cream? Like, they, like, have, like, the machines and everything and do all, like, the magical stuff. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Okay. <laughs> what would Star Wars ice cream taste like? Like, in that... Oh, you mean in-universe? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will they make Star Wars ice cream? Uh, Ample Hills has done it a couple of times. They're oh, actually shit. local to around here. Um. Yeah, they do super fancy ice cream, but they've done they've done tie-ins, I think. I know they did it for Last Jedi. I think they might have done it for Force Awakens as well. Oh, sick. 
Yeah, they did like a special, like a few like special edition flavors. Hmm. Yeah, because I know Disney does like Star Wars, like they have like alcoholic beverages. I've never had one before. I think when I go in January, I'm going to review the Star Wars alcoholic beverages. Oh, nice. Yes, that'd be good. Yeah, because I always I always like walk past them and I'm like, I don't feel like spending 11 bucks on a drink. But you know what? It'll be 2019. I'll be done with school. I'll have my bachelor's degree. I'm going to spend some money on some expensive liquor and stuff yeah, oh a good plan. and then they have like the star wars wine too the stars wine okay that i didn't know yeah they're from like skywalker ranch oh okay yeah yeah i want to try that even though it's like probably like very overpriced like cheap wine but we'll see we'll see i'll probably get like a, a bottle so like my mom and i could share because we really like white wine but I should just get that at Disneyland when I go next if they have it. Yeah, I'll probably just do that because I want to try to go before Halloween's over and then during holiday season because holidays at Disney are just – that's when you go. But then there's a lot of people, but still, like, the decorations, they're worth it. But um, so uh, the second episode of Star Wars Resistance aired. Even though we've already watched all three of them, we're kind of going oh, – this is technically the third episode, the uh, Triple Dark Yes. So I binge watched like the first three episodes. And from what I recall from the second episode, it was Kaz trying to spy and shit and like suspecting, you know, some dude was, you know, the hidden spy. But I guess like they were pirates and then it was raining and then they did a lot of stuff in the rain and then the little dinosaur dude got in trouble. And then he had like that like award thing like that. Like he got like from like piloting. It was like this gold plate thing. And then the little dinosaur guy wanted it. And he's like, no, this this reminds me of home. And then like he used it to save the little dinosaur guy. And he's like, yeah, this thing is lucky. I like the little dinosaur guy. I don't think I don't think you guys can tell, but I like the little dinosaur guy. I don't know his name, but I'm going to call him the little dinosaur guy from now on. And no one will know what I'm talking about, but oh, well. You know what I'm talking about, Emily? The little the guy who he owes money to because he gave him the dart. Yeah. So the little dart dinosaur guy. I love him. I love that species because I remember I saw it in the Phantom Menace. It was like the deleted scene where like the guys in the racer, then like his family's on the sidelines. Like I just think that's a really cute species. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. So what did you think of the sem- episode, Emily? Um, I thought it was it was fine. Again, like and, and, you know, look, I know I'm complaining about a kid show. So there's some stuff you just have to accept. But maybe somebody should have told Kaz how to be a spy. Or to not be a spy because he's literally, like, the worst spy. Yeah. I think Ezra or Butcher could have like, been a better spy. Literally, like like I said last week, either hire somebody who knows how to be a spy or somebody who knows how to be a mechanic since that's his cover story. Um, Yes, that's what you do. You either... Have a mechanic who you know you can train as a spy and put him in. Or you have a spy who you know you can train as a mechanic and put him in. You don't put in somebody who neither knows how to be a spy or how to do the cover job that he needs to do. And he's such a brat about it. Like, yeah, God forbid you have to do the cover job, 
which is how you're supposed to do this, which is you're supposed to be getting to know people and having people get to know you and listening and learning things. Because if it was just as easy as walking around the station all day, spying on people, they wouldn't need you because they already would have done that. Yeah. It's a long-term mission, Kaz. Stop being a little brat. Stop being a bitch. No, not you, Emily. Kaz. <laughs> Emily's never a bitch. Emily is always 100% non-bitch. But, um, yeah, I, I wish that he was actually good at something <laughs> other than, like, piloting or whatever. But we kind of don't know that since, like, he was in that first race and he crashed. But that kind of wasn't his fault because the speeder he had was shit. But I wish he was, like, actually good at being a mechanic. So that he wouldn't have to be like complaining for like 30 minutes. And then I want, I, I'm just, I'm excited to see his like character development. And I feel like that's really shitty, like going in like the first like two episodes and just being like, man, I can't wait till he stops bitching about being a mechanic. Like, I can't wait till he actually like learns something. Because like, y- you know, like I, I look past like shows, like I look at like Avatar The Last Airbender and I look at like how Aang, you know, in the very beginning, like he was very like playful, like he was. You know, he would make mistakes and everything. And then you go to, like, the very last season and you just see how, like, wise he's become. And you just see, like, like that character development throughout the year, throughout the years of watching the show. You really start to admire the character. And I can't wait to, like, possibly see that with, like, Kaz or, like, some more of these characters. Like, we still haven't met all of the characters in the show. Yeah, there's still lots of people to meet. Yeah. So, that's fun. I mean, like, I... I still don't know if we're actually going to get anything from this show. If this is just going to be like, you know, the Freemaker series or, you know, something like that's just, oh, like, this is fun. Like, this is for, like, obviously Star Wars is for kids. But, you know, like, Rebels, like, we had some, like, revelations. Like, we got Mm -hmm. Maul back again. You know, we got, you know, that whole, when Ezra went to, like, the the underground world or i forget what that was the world world thing but i don't know like oh yeah we got ahsoka too can't forget that but i don't know like it's i wonder what we're gonna get from the show or if it's gonna offer anything because i still at this point i don't know i don't know if it's just gonna be like a cameo show because you know we're gonna get phasma we're gonna get kylo we're gonna get you know obviously poe again hopefully not general leia because of that voice actress but you know what who knows But, yeah, I mean, okay episode. I mean, I like the little dinosaur dude. Any episode with the little dinosaur dude is good with me. I need more of those, like, little fish things. And we need to put them in water because, like, I don't like them flapping around because they need to breathe. Let them breathe. <laughs> but, um, well, Emily. Yes. You watched the Clone Wars. You thought you were gonna outlast me, didn't you? No, I was just counting ten seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna count like more seconds like throughout each episode. So like next week is gonna be fifteen and then the okay, week after gonna that's be, gonna that's be twenty. Gonna be great yeah, no, I was kinda I was waiting for like our listeners to like you know how like in blues clues and be like, Hey blue, where's the car? Oh yeah, or wait, door of the explorer, you shout things in it, you know. Yeah. So I was waiting for the audience to to, to shout out. Okay. I watched the Clone Wars. Yeah. So you watched the Clone Wars. Yeah, I uh, I watched the three. I watched three episodes so I could finish up the one. Um, 
uh, when the clone uh, top like his inhibitor chip with the order 66 thing haywires and you know they're you have uh fives like traveling with him to to try to like investigate what's going on and of course Mm -hmm. you have the because the people at the facility you know know that the inhibitor chips are in there because they're the ones who put them there they're like insisting that this is a virus even when the other people are like, um, it's probably not a virus. Like Shakti is there and she's like, this is probably some sort of separatist brainwashing. I mean, granted, she's wrong too, but it makes a hell of a lot more sense than virus. Mm-hmm. But we get lots of fives um, trying to investigate this all and eventually finding out what happened and even like telling people, but they don't believe him and then he dies. Wasn't it scary when he was like one-on-one in that room with like Palpatine? Well... <laughs> Here's the problem is sometimes this matters more in Clone Wars than other times in terms of like we're, we're watching basically a prequel where you lose some of the tension in this whole arc because like I know that they don't find out about it. But doesn't that just make it like more painful that like they were so close to like finding out that, hey, like this clone army was made to destroy the Jedi? Like, isn't that well, just insane? It honestly, it honestly makes me frustrated because there's so many, there's so many things they have to make happen in order to do that, and you have to have so many different people acting like idiots, and like in order to get to that endpoint along the way. That for me, I, I find it more frustrating than like tragic or enjoyable. And I like fives. Yeah. I just, yeah. it's like the way that they have to deal with some of this other stuff. Mm. It it just, it doesn't work for me. Like in terms of how the Jedi Council is reacting to it and how other people are reacting to it like that. It, it, it rings false because they have to get to the point where we get to in the movies. Hmm. That's an interesting like outlook. Like I've always looked at it as, you know, it being so tragic that they were so close to you know, finding out about you know how this clone army was made and like the real purpose and you know they didn't like the one per the one clone who like finally realized like he was dead. Like what would have happened if like they he would have told someone and if he would have you know if more clones would find out. Which obviously I think we know that you know, obviously Rex found out in some other clones because, you know, they're in Star Wars Rebels. I would love to know the story of like, how they found out about these chips and, you know, how they, you know, free yeah, themselves and, from this control thing. And that's what, like, the stuff with, like, when we're actually with Fives, I, I like that because I like him and I like the clones. It's that it's everybody else where I'm just, I just am annoyed. Hmm. I liked how we got this from like a clone's perspective because we're always getting this like through the perspective of the Jedi. Like it was a nice like turn of events. I like that. Oh, and by the way, when they like break into the like the embryo room in the fucking cloning like facility, that's the creepiest, creepiest ass shit I've ever seen in Star Wars. And reinvigorates all of my thoughts on how fucked up the clone army is. 
Yeah, that, that's interesting. I don't know how I would feel if, like, I was a Jedi and they're like, okay, so we're going to bring in these people to help us and, like, they're, like, we create them. Like, you know, they speed up the birthing, pro- or the process of, like, growing up and everything and, you know, they're, like, an embryo minute and then, like, five minutes later, they're, like, a 12-year-old and then, like, they're going to become these warriors for us. They're going to help us fight these wars. Like, damn. That's, like... I don't know. Like, I would have loved to see more Jedi that were unsure about, you know, the clone army other than that one dude that wanted to join Dooku and, like, be bad and shit. But it's just it's so weird how welcoming these Jedi were to these clones because, like, it obviously, like, these clones were made to, you know, at first, you know, go to the Jedi or, like, uh, work for the Jedi. But I don't know. I would love to see, like, some, like, tension. But or, like, it would be cool to see, like, Anakin go from, like, Padawan to, like, actual Jedi. Because, like, they have, like, that... Cl- so, um, after the Clone Wars is over, uh, you're going to watch the the Clone Wars. Like, uh, it's on YouTube. I'll link it to I'm you. I'm not watching it after the Clone Wars is over. I'm not watching any more Clone Wars. It's, o- it's, o- it's over. No, it's the, like, original Clone Wars. Like, this is seen as... A lot of people I know see this as better as the actual series. Because... How much of it is there? It's, like, it's like two hours long. Ugh. So, it's... It, it was weird how it was. Because it was on Cartoon Network from, like, a, like 2003 to 2005. It was, like, right before Revenge of the Sith. And it was, like, they only had, like, three four-minute episodes... And then there's, like, two seasons, but, like, some people have, like, put it all together, and it's just, like, one big, like, kind of movie thing. And it kind of goes through, like, um, just, like, some events of the Clone Wars. You know, you see Anakin go from, like, Padawan to Jedi, and then it goes all the way from um, the end of Episode 2 to literally, like, right before Episode 3. It's really interesting. I really enjoy it. I go back and watch it sometimes more than the actual, like, Clone Wars series, so I really want you to watch it. And, uh... Let us know if you really want Emily to watch it too, because I really want her to. So, but I promise it'll be the last of the. Well, I'm not going to promise you it's going to be the last of the Clone Wars because because the fucking Clone Wars is coming back. There's going to be more fucking Clone. God damn it! Yeah, you're stuck in this, Emily. I don't know how to tell you this, but you're stuck. Like after 62 episodes, like I I think this is time to tell you to sit you down and, and tell you that I forgot. Um, I, f- I forgot that it was coming back. <laughs> Emily's stuck in this forever. So, like, while you're waiting for the Clone Wars to come back, you can watch a little Clone Wars, uh, you know, little movie thing. I-, I wonder how, like, we'll do that, though. Maybe I'll do, like, the first season and then the second season because, like, it's, like, an hour each. So, but, okay, so you're done with this arc. The next arc you have is the, the Clovis arc. You're going to see Clovis again. I wish, like, he spoke in an accent. So whenever he said Clovis, it was like that. But, no. Um, but we have email. Do you want to read email, Emily? Um, one second. Sorry, I'm trying to look something up. No, you're good. You're looking up if the Clone Wars is actually coming back. <laughs> no kidding. Okay. Um, we got an email from 
Rabia, who writes in a lot and as always has interesting things to say. And this one is titled Star Wars and Social Awareness. Hello, Canto, Canto Biters. I hope you're doing well. I heard about what happened to Chuck Wendig, and well, it's absolute nonsense. Unless explicitly stated in their contract, what right does Myra have to stop him from tweeting his views? I thought the inclusion of gay characters was wonderful, especially since it was in all ages media where it seems to be scariest. So, scarcest. <laughs> As for the conversation of Star Wars and politics. Yes, Star Wars has always included politics, with characters fighting against a totalitarianism government. But I never thought that it did so in a way that risked anything. The only systematic bigotry that existed in the Star Wars universe was against droids and aliens, and since those don't exist in the real world, no viewer would have to face their own prejudice. Until they started including women and or people of color in significant roles, the messages of the films were either ignored or only applied to white people, I suppose. I wasn't as big into Star Wars at that era. Now, I applaud Kathleen Kennedy and the rest of Lucasfilm for taking such a risk. Sadly, to some studios, the risk would have been too great. I think that their wokeness is a little fake, as with all companies, especially given their comments about Lando's pansexuality and that they seem to only cast Caucasian brunettes in lead female roles. And before you say anything, Rose is a supporting character, not a lead. But I hope in the future they'll amend these flaws to push more... to put. Let's try that again. But I hope in the future they'll amend these flaws and their push to be more inclusive in Star Wars. To anyone who feels uncomfortable with this new variety of characters in Star Wars, knows know this. The Star Wars fan base does not exist on a boat which could sink if they too may enter. And if you sh- and you should have more empathy for people, even if they are different from yourselves. Mm-hmm. Now the argument as to how well the moral and political messages are integrated into Star Wars is worth having. People can be interested in politics if done well. Black Panther was a super political movie, but our audiences loved it still. Whereas I felt The Last Jedi had too many messages that I felt bogged down rather than tied it all together. But that isn't the main problem here. I doubt one day got messages from how much fans preferred other mood, other media, including LGBT characters, more than a math- aftermath. Anyways, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Also, some unrelated thoughts. You're November, baby Emily. Me too. Happy birthdays. Happy early birthdays to us. Yeah, happy early birthday to you too. Yay. Yeah. I love how Brittany listed nearly every possible character in Star Wars Resistance when asked who the spy is, so she can't be wrong. My odds are very good. <laughs> I had a Tawagachi in the early 2000s. I'm surprised they've been around so long. <laughs> and the pause before Emily goes into a rant after Brittany says she doesn't know something is always hilarious, but give Brittany a break. She's trying, okay? Leave Brittany alone. No, I'm kidding. I totally understand. Like, even I forget, too, sometimes, like, how, like, you mentioned things sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, the whole, like, Tagagachi, or what were those Tamagotchi. things again? Tamagotchis. Yeah. I had no idea what those were. Even, like, I was talking to Carlos about it, and he's like, you didn't know what that was? And I'm like, I'm only two years younger than you. I'm like, I don't, where, where was I living? Like, <laughs> I, I, was I living under a rock? Like, I do not remember anyone having any of those things. Like, I remember, like, the Neopets and shit, and I remember, like, I don't know like I, maybe like I just have to see it to like I, I don't know like I'll have to ask like some of my friends if they remember what those things were because like I fucking don't <laughs> but no I even I agree like I think Emily's rants are really funny when like I say I don't know something like when uh, I said I didn't watch Labyrinth and I watched Labyrinth that was a fun experience yeah I still haven't watched a lot of movies so but no I, I agree with oh you know basically everything Robbie is saying yeah, there's an interesting point here. The, the idea that when they were when they were talking about 
like bigotry in in Star Wars, it doesn't it doesn't really risk anything. I think I think she's really on to something there, which is when when you're just shove um, when you're subbing in aliens or droids uh, to be your like racial minority representative, you are you are making it really easy because when we see people being racist against aliens, everybody's like, oh, that's really fucked up. But yeah. they don't have to think about it. Like, <laughs> y- y- like when you see like actual racism in like movies that are about that, like you know, like your non-sci-fi drama, like it, it's it hits you in the chest, and you have to think about the world that you live in in a way that you don't when you're just showing aliens. Like you can, you can, you can, you can use that as a metaphor. And you can use that. More or less effectively, depending on how you're writing. Although there is this argument that I know a lot of people have that it is, and I and I hate to have to use this word because it sounds like I'm making a pun, but it's it's alienating to do that because it's mm-hmm. it's further othering a racial minority to be like, oh, you guys are represented by these aliens instead of you know being people. And so, yeah, the idea that, I mean, I don't want to have a whole bunch, I don't want, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that in the Star Wars universe, however fucked up everything else is, like, Lando Calrissian also doesn't have to deal with a bunch of people being racist towards him, but, you know, I feel that's sort of a, a pipe dream to think that... Mm-hmm we've we've conquered like skin tone racism but we still hate aliens but when you only have you know like one black guy in your movies or you have you know an asian woman in a supporting role yeah it's hard to just find, yeah yeah it's, yeah it's like when when people complain about star wars having this really strong like social justice warrior agenda i'm like no well it's just not it's not actually in the movie like yes it's there's the the evil empire that you're fighting you know and the 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 nazi overturns are are, are pretty strong and, and always have been so it's a dumb argument on that point anyway but in terms of actual progressivism it it's not it's not like the movies are 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 huge into that. What they're actually complaining about is they think the existence of black people or Asian people or other people of color, they they think that's inherently political. They think that the very existence of having Finn in the universe is this huge like social justice like thing like dudes black people exist i i mean i hate to be the the one to to break this to you but there's a lot of people who aren't white people and their very existence should not be like it's it's their existence is not a statement but it it, but it is because that's that's the culture we live in it's been so like white and cis and straight for so long that even putting other people who aren't those things in your movie 
is seen as this like I don't know. I'm I'm sort of talking myself away from my point. But Yeah, you know, I always I don't know, like I always understood that, you know, Star Wars had some sort of, you know, politics in it. And I was always like, I always thought that was like really interesting that always like, you know, got me into Star Wars even more, you know, like in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin says you're either with me or you're my enemy, you know, that was directed towards, you know, George Bush when, you know, he said, you know, you're with us or you're with the enemy or something. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I just always saw that as like, oh, cool. Like, you know, Star Wars kind of like relating to like real life. Like, I I never saw that as a problem. And, you know, especially like now with like, you know, like The Last Jedi, like people thought the whole like, you know, the whole father is being mistreated and the whole animal cruelty thing. Like, that was just like another thing that I'm like, oh, like, cool. Like, you know, that has to do with real life. Like, I really wish it was like that simple other than like people actually getting offended because like of things like that. Like people offended yeah. that they're, you know, opposing views, you know, but. I don't know. Yeah, I try. And, you know, it's because yeah. all right. I don't. But when I say that Star Wars isn't political, I mean obviously. I mean everything is political, and and uh, yeah. it's very basis like the fight of of good versus evil, and the and again like the whole totalitarianism stuff. But it's 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 on such just a like a basic good versus evil level. Yeah. That it's not. Like I, I keep going back to, and I know like not enough people have seen this, but. Like, Sorry to Bother You is a political movie. It is a movie about labor movements. It's a movie about mega corporations. It's a movie about r- racism. It's like to its core, this call to arms. And it's, it's like by its nature going to piss tons of people off. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not the same way that Star Wars is political. Star Wars is political, I mean, sort of in the same way that, like, fairy tales are political. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has a moral core to it, but it's not, it's not really risking anything unless you are so far, like, alt-right troll level that uh, you think showing Darth Vader as a villain is somehow an attack on your politics. It's just amazing what fans attract or what kind of people Star Wars attracts, you know, because it's like, you know, there's people like you and me and there's people like, you know, the geeks and gamers, dude, you know, like it's it's really it's really weird. And it's really like it's like total opposites. But again, like, you know, there's also like so many like other great people that Star Wars attracts. It just really sucks that some of those people are just really shitty. But, you know, that's just... But it's not shitty because, like, they have opposing views. It's shitty because, like, there are views that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is, like, they say that... Just the the things they say about her and, you know, the whole... They hate the whole, like, forces female thing, even though, like, they don't really know what the fuck that is. Like, it was a thing for, like, Nike Nike or something. And they aren't saying that the force is actually female. But now I just want to say it is just because, like, they are confused and they saw her wearing that shirt. And they're like, I'm done with Star Wars. I'm done with women. Like, it's just, it's it's crazy. But I don't know. Um, But, yeah. I always thought it was interesting, too, that... uh you know, the whole, like, droids thing. Like, I understood that, you know, in the Phantom Menace, like, or no, in the the prequels, you know, like, people started to not like droids because, you know, the battle droids and everything. And then you get to Solo where 
uh, L3 is basically like a droids rights enthusiast and then she gets put in a ship. Like I just, it's weird. I always thought that was weird that the, that message. Like I just feel like some of the messages in Solo were just like kind of like off and that was just like the main one for me that just it's like, I mean, sick, she's in the Falcon, but I mean like that's everything against that she was going for. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, thank you for the email. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, so, Emily, where can we find uh, the podcast on social media? You can find it on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. You can email us, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. And you can find pod merchandise at tpublic.com slash user slash EFLind. Sweet. And you can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger and Twitter as CantoBrit. And I mix that up for some reason. That's going to be really confusing for me, but. I did it. So there you go. But but yeah, thanks for listening to episode 62. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.